Welcome to News Kids. I'm Rose. And I'm Zara. And together we're presenting this weekly podcast about what's going on in our world today. Each week we cover top stories across world news, politics, science, technology, entertainment and arts. This week we're talking about England's new poet laureate, what's going on with Brexit, how scientists are trying to fix climate change, why shorter school breaks are bad for school children, the world's first hydrogen-powered double-decker bus, the deepest ever ocean dive, and a new moonlander spacecraft. Hi, it's Rose here. This week, the BBC reported that a poet called Simon Armitage would become the new Poet Laureate in the UK. In England, the title Poet Laureate is given to one person every 10 years and it means their job is to write poetry on behalf of the Queen, celebrating special and national occasions and writing about life in Britain today. So in a way, kind of like the Queen's personal poet. I think it would be great to have my own personal poet. I love poetry. Simon Armitage is a well-known poet and has published 28 collections of poetry. He took over the role of Poet Laureate from Carol Ann Duffy, who held the role for the last 10 years. When he was appointed, Mr Armitage said he wanted to focus his poetry on climate change and would like to set up an award or project for writing about climate change and the environment. Here's a poem Mr Armitage wrote about climate change in 2017. When he wrote this, it was printed on special material that actually helped clean the air around it. I write in praise of air. I was six or five when a conjurer opened my knotted fist and I held in my palm the whole of the sky. I've carried it with me ever since. Let air be a major god. It's being in touch. It's breast milk almost tilted to the lips. Both dragonfly and bowing dangle in its see-through nothingness. Among the jumbled bric-a-bac, I keep a padlocked treasure chest of empty space and on days when thoughts are fuddled with smoke or several station crosses the street with a white handkerchief over its mouth and cars blow kisses to our lips from theirs i turn the key throw back the lid and breathe deep my first word everyone first word was air the role of poet laureate was established in 1668 and previous poets laureate include very famous poets like William Wordsworth, Alfred, Lord Tennyson, John Betjeman and Ted Hughes. William Wordsworth wrote a very famous poem called The Daffodils. Do you know it? The first verse goes like this. I wandered lonely as a cloud that floats on high o'er vales and hills, when all at once I saw a crowd, a host of golden daffodils, beside the lake, beneath the trees, fluttering and dancing in the breeze. I like it, but it sounds so different to Mr. Armitage's poem. My favourite poem, though it is this one, from the Oxford First Poetry Book. It's called If You're Roly Poly Jelly. And it goes like this If your roly poly jelly falls flat on the floor, take your shoes and socks off and kick it out the door. Sarah, what's your favourite poem? My favourite poem is called I Opened a Book by Julia Donaldson. And it starts like this. I opened a book, I opened a book, and in I strode. Now nobody can find me. I've left my chair, my house, my road, my town, and my world behind me.
That's a really nice poem, Zara. I think that might be my second favourite poem. Hello, this is Zara. Brexit is back in the news because members of Parliament are being asked to a vote on the Withdrawal Agreement Bill on the 3rd of June. In the UK, a bill is a proposal for a new law or a proposal to a change in the existing law that is presented for debate before Parliament. It then becomes law if it is approved by a majority in both Houses of Parliament. The withdrawal agreement will be a legally binding agreement that the Prime Minister negotiated for the UK's exit from the EU and MPs now need to vote on the bill to put the Prime Minister's plan into UK law. Mrs May's deal with the EU has been rejected by Members of Parliament three times in a meaningful vote. A meaningful vote means a straightforward yes or no to the deal that Mrs May has negotiated with the EU leaders. The Withdrawal Agreement Bill contains important legislation needed to go ahead with Brexit and is much more detailed than just a vote on the agreement would be. Since Mrs May's deal was rejected in Parliament, she has also been having cross-party talks, which means that she has been speaking to other political parties trying to get their support. Although Mrs May's party, the Conservatives, and the other main political party, Labour, have lots of different views, they have been meeting to try and reach an agreement. Those talks have now ended, and the leader of the Labour Party, Jeremy Corbyn said that discussions had gone as far as they can. The vote on the withdrawal bill agreement will still take place in early June, even though the Labour Party and the government have not reached an agreement. In the meantime, Mrs May has become unpopular in her own party and lots of senior Conservative members of Parliament want her to formally decide on when she will step down as Prime Minister and let someone else try and deliver Brexit. This week, Mrs May promised to set the date of her departure as Prime Minister after the next vote on her Brexit deal. If Mrs May steps down, that does not mean another general election as voters don't act pick the Prime Minister directly. When voters vote in a general election, they vote for a local member of Parliament who usually belongs to a big political party and the party with the most MPs in their team in Parliament to become the government and run the country. That party chooses a leader and in 2016, the Conservative Party, which was the party that won the last general election, chose Theresa May. So far, Boris Johnson has has said that he would like to run for office. So has Rory Stewart, the minister in charge of international development, and Esther McVie, who was previously minister for work. That's all for now on Brexit. We will be keeping you posted on News Kids. Hi, it's Rose here. This week, scientists at Cambridge University said they proposed to set up a research centre to test new ways to repair the Earth's climate. 
called the Centre for Climate Repair. If established, it would become part of the university's Carbon Neutral Futures Initiative, led by Dr Emily Shuckwell. She said their mission was to solve the climate problem. Scientists believe the centre is needed because otherwise our current approach to protecting the environment is not enough to stop irreversible damage to the planet. The project is being coordinated by Professor Sir David King, who used to be the government's former chief scientific advisor. He told the BBC, What we do over the next 10 years will determine the future of humanity. For the next 10,000 years, there is no major centre in the world that would be focused on this one big issue. The new research centre is expected to investigate and test new radical solutions to climate change. These ideas are known as geoengineering and involve bringing together scientists and engineers with social scientists. The possible solutions they want to investigate include refreezing the North and South Poles. They plan to attempt this by injecting seawater into the clouds above the poles to make the clouds bigger and more reflective so they reflect the heat of the sun away from the ground and therefore keep the ice underneath cooler. Other ideas are to try and remove carbon dioxide from the atmosphere and try to recycle it so it can be used again as fuel and also to turn the oceans green with algae so they absorb more CO2. I really hope some of these ideas work scientists are able to find cool ways to fix climate change. Hello, this is Zara. This week, researchers at University College London found that school breaks are now shorter than they were 20 years ago, and this is having a negative effect on people. Researchers studied 1,133 schools between 1995 and 2017 and they found that in primary schools, children had 45 minutes less break time per week. Then in 1995 and at secondary school, children had 65 minutes less break time per week. Researchers also found that there had been an almost virtual elimination of afternoon breaks and only 15% of primary school children and 54% of secondary school children had an afternoon break. The report's main author said that school break times are important as they give an opportunity for children to get physical exercise and to make friends and develop important social skills which cannot be taught in the classroom. The research team wants schools to look at the amount of time that they give people for breaks and stop them from cutting them further. The main reasons that schools give for shortening break times are to create more time for learning and to cover the curriculum. Jeff Barton, who is the General Secretary of the Association of School and College Leaders, said that the school timetables are bursting at the seams because of pressure to prepare children for important tests and exams. What do you think of this story, Rose? Why is break time so important? Well, I think it's a little bit important because you make friends. And that's good for everyone. 
What about you? Well, I just think that we should get some free time. So break time is basically our free time. So we get to do basically anything we want. I don't think we get enough break time because I only get 10 minutes to eat and I never get time to play with my friends. Also, if we didn't have break time, when would we have a snack? Because for our school, we have five hours of school. So when are we ever going to have a snack? What about you, Rose? Well, on one hand, I think break time is very important to me. I do have a lot of fun with my friends. But then on the other hand, it's wasting our lesson time so I can learn less. Here's Miss Sabre talking about the world's first hydrogen-powered double-decker bus. London will become the first city in the world to have hydrogen-powered double-decker buses. These can be refueled much faster and have a longer range than electrical buses. The 500,000-pound vehicles are part of London Mayor's Dardic Khan's strategy to clean up London's dirty air. The hydrogen model does this by emitting water as exhaust therefore producing zero emissions, making it environmentally friendly. The buses also include USB charging points for customers. How amazing is that? Transport for London, TfL, has ordered 20 new buses that will begin service by the capital streets next year. Sadiq Khan said, we all have a role to play in cleaning up London's toxic air and that TfL should lead from the front. We are investing a record for £85 million, and I am proud to say that London now has the largest zero-emission bus fleet in Europe. This is a huge positive step forward, making a difference for 2 million Londoners who are currently said to be living with illegal air pollution. Well, it's clear to say that the UK is definitely making effort to go greener by finding alternative ways to travel rather than using vehicles that release carbon emissions, which is one way putting our planet at risk. The UK government is not only trying to influence people in Britain to start using cleaner buses, but it is setting an example for all countries around the world. I think that is a huge step forward in helping our planet. Here's Hetty talking about the development of a new moon lander spacecraft. A man called Jeff Bezos, he is the boss of Amazon, has an idea for a new spacecraft that can go to the moon. It has been a really long time since people have been to the moon. But now there is a design for a new moon lander spacecraft. It is called the Blue Moon Lunar Lander. The Blue Moon Lunar Lander can carry humans and equipment. It has a very powerful rocket engine that is powered by hydrogen. The lander can carry enough fuel to get to the moon, but it doesn't have enough space to carry fuel to get back to Earth again. Luckily, this is ice inside the craters on the moon. When it ice melts, it makes water, and water has hydrogen in it. So that means that the lander can refuel parts on the moon. This means it can travel to explore even further across the solar system, or can just return to Earth again. Mr. Bezos had 
this idea because he thinks that people should be able to visit the moon again and he even has the idea that people, plants and animals could live on the moon. Here's James talking about the deepest ever ocean dive which was achieved this week. An explorer named Victor Vescovo has set a new deep diving record. He went down nearly 11 kilometres, which is 7 miles, to a place known as the deepest point on planet Earth, Challenger Deep, which lies in the Mariana Trench in the Pacific Ocean, beat the record made in 2012 by filmmaker and explorer James Cameron. Vescovo had to travel to this deep place in a very special kind of craft because the pressure that far down in the sea is huge and can be very dangerous. If things went wrong, the craft would implode. But everything went according to plan and he spent four hours exploring the bottom of the trench. Speaking to the American newspaper called the Washington Post, Vescovo said there was definitely life at the very bottom of the ocean. Indeed, he and his team believe they found four new species and saw creatures called a spoonworm and a pink snailfish. But very sad to say, they also found a plastic bag and sweet wrappers. His dive was part of the five deeps expedition which will explore the deepest point in each of the world's five oceans. A TV program will be made of the voyages and will be shown on the Discovery Channel later this year. And if you thought going to the deepest part of the earth was cool, then how about doing that and going to the top of Mount Everest and skiing to both the North and South Poles? Well, that is what Vesco has done. He is the first person in the world to have done all these amazing things. This is James reporting for NewsCats. That's all for this week. I really hope you enjoyed our show. Let me know what you think about our news stories. Goodbye from the news kids.